Well, hello, hello, and welcome to The Messy Table, an ordinary space for what matters most, because we wholeheartedly believe that God is working in our mess. But if we're honest, we could also use some real-time reminders of truth and encouragement. So my name is Jen Jewell, and I truly count it a joy to host this faith-fueled conversation-style podcast, which unleashes a fresh perspective into your speakers and your world every other Tuesday. And back with me today as my co-host is my dear friend, the amazing Amy Groeschel. Y'all, we are partnered with the women of our church, Life Church, where we're also big time fans of the YouVersion Bible app, which is free, by the way, which is available in hundreds, probably thousands of different languages, by the way. <laughs> and we just get super excited to lock arms with Jesus-loving women from all over the world who are willing, just willing, to share a piece of their life. And to me, that's one of the very best things about living in this technologically advanced world. Yes, unfortunately, there is plenty of darkness at our fingertips. But guys, there is also so much light. And can I tell you, I've just felt an overwhelming gratefulness today that God has given us Himself, His very presence. But then also we have Him inside of each other. Like we get to learn from each other. We get to know about not only what He's doing in our own lives and our own hearts, but also how He's moving in other unique and stunning ways. There's a verse in the book of Habakkuk, Habakkuk 2.14, and it says, The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. But how does He fill this world with the knowledge of His glory? Through people and nature and music and sunsets and galaxies and through every single aspect of creation. Y'all, He's intentionally designed this world to teach us and stretch us and challenge us and grow us. And I just want to pause and acknowledge that that is a gift. And another incredible gift is geared up and ready to share her heart with us here at the messy table. Donna Stewart is a Texan who currently hails from DC. She and her husband, Ben, along with their three kiddos, planted Passion City Church in Washington, DC just a few years back. And she writes and sings and leads and serves and inspires in really all kinds of capacities, both seen and unseen. And if I was standing right in front of you, if I could just awkwardly take your face in my hands, I would encourage you to receive today's words straight from the heart of God. So grab your coffee, pull up a chair, and join Amy and me for a chat with Donna. All right. Well, Donna, we are so glad you're here. Welcome to The Messy Table. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for the invitation. This is awesome. Yes, Donna, this is so exciting for me because we just recently met in January, and it was incredible because I turn around and you're sitting behind me at Passion Conference, Mm -hmm. and it was like you know, meeting my long lost sister, I guess. Uh, There was just instant connection, encouragement. And then I started stalking you on uh, social media and (laughs) fell. As one does. And I fell even more in love with Donna Stewart, um, who you are and the fruit of your ministry. In fact, some of what we're going to share as a resource of Donna's, I got into one of our newest produced resources called Growing. I started listening to these beautiful poems. And I was cleaning my kitchen. I stopped and I was like, 
on my face before God. And mm. th- they just ministered so much to me. I ended up using them for a small group study for my uh, youth girls that I lead. Mm. So you've already made a profound impact in my life. And I praise God for that. We want to hear more, though. Uh, tell us about who you are, your, who your family is, a little bit of behind the scenes, where you live, where you're going, that sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, wow. Already I'm like, oh gosh, <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> I'm so grateful to get to know you guys. And um, yeah, it was funny, Jen, right before that, like when I met Amy, I like just grabbed her hand and she had just put lotion on and she goes, I just put lotion on. And I was like, it's okay. Just rub it in my hands. <laughs> she did. So literally we were like, you know, holding hands and she was putting lotion on me, which was really nice. <laughs> so, I absolutely love that. I love it. It's so perfect. Oh, I love it. Helping it's each so other out. Helping already. me out. I know. Lord knows I need it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I am actually right now I'm sitting in Washington, D.C. Um, my husband and I moved here with our three kids. Uh, about five years ago. And we're from Texas originally. And uh, we are definitely Texan. (laughs) Um, You know, all the food choices, um, all the desert and the love for good outlaw country, all that, you know, we're Texan. Um, But no, you know, the Lord has just given us a desire to walk with uh, young people. And he let us for a season, right, whenever we got married, we actually met uh, on stage. Mm-hmm. I was I was <laughs> I was leading worship, and he was invited to come and fill in for the person who was leading the the time of teaching. And when he walked in the room, I was like, "Oh, <laughs> who is that?" Mm-hmm. And uh, so we then got to meet each other again and again in that space, and um, we uh, started dating. And then we got married in '04. And then he was in seminary at Dallas, so uh, Dallas Theological. Mm. And um, then we got the call to go to Breakaway Ministries, which is a college Bible study on the campus of Texas A&M. Yeah. And it is unreal. I don't know if you've heard of Breakaway, Mm -hmm. um, but it is only Jesus is the reason that that is happening because it is so mind boggling. The fact that thousands upon thousands of students will meet in a basketball arena every Mm -hmm. week at nine o'clock at night to hear the word of God. And we were just so grateful to get to be a part of that season. And we were there for, uh, gosh, 12 years. So we were there from 2005 to 2016. Uh, awesome. So I guess that's around 11 years. Is that right? I don't know. We'll I'm trying to think. I feel like I know, <laughs> I know. people <laughs> that were at like... Breakaway in College Station at that time. Yeah. So you might know some yeah. people that I know. Yeah, it's been cool. You know, I um, just recently did a retreat and have run into people. They're like, I was there. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, great. Uh, uh, that's cool. So in 2016, you know, after having been working with Passion since about 2006, we had had a long relationship with Passion just because Passion is all about the college student. Passion is the best, basically. It is amazing. We love it. Yes. (laughs) So um, Louie and Shelly had asked us to consider potentially one day maybe planting uh, the second wherever it is, Passion City Church, because Passion City Church started in 2009. And um, it was roughly... I think it was actually the day that my daughter was born was the day that Ben and Louie had their original conversation. Uh, So that was in uh, 2011. So it was 2011. And then uh, in 2016, after God gave us two more babies, (laughs) now we're at three, uh, we leave College Station, moved to Atlanta, 
um, where Passion City is. And then we were there for 15 months while we were trying to figure out where we're going to go to plant a church. And um, when we visited different, you know, hinge cities uh, in the U.S. and uh, North America, and we got to D.C. and it was like, oh, well, this is surprising. Like, Mm -hmm. this is a lot like College Station, strangely, Mm -hmm. because what Texas A&M is, is a bunch of high capacity go-getter people. Yeah. And D.C. is like that. All in the same place. Mm -hmm. All in the same place. And then some, because they're coming from everywhere. Sure. You know, and so so the Lord really stirred our heart for D.C. So 15 months after getting to Atlanta, we moved to D.C. and we landed here in 2017. And our church launched, Passion City Church D.C. launched on Easter of 2018. Mm -hmm. And it was just amazing. Mm -hmm. It has just been a ride ever since. And then Mm -hmm. the pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right, right. You got (laughs) there just in time. And Mm -hmm. we did. Yeah, we got there just in time. And it was wild. Yeah. What has that been like living in D.C. during a pandemic? (laughs) Man, I tell you, especially launching launching a church too. Right. So what was interesting about moving to D.C. was just how many people were moving here. It was just booming. I mean, we called the state bird the crane because you could see cranes everywhere because they're building buildings to hold all the people. (laughs) And then the pandemic hit and there was a mass exodus. There Mm -hmm. was a hemorrhaging of people. Uh, I think close to 20,000 people left. Um, And yeah, it was sad and hard. But ministry did not stop. Mm-hmm. If anything, it got harder. <laughs> so, <laughs> it increased for us. Yeah, it, yes. it did. It increased for us. And so we had to figure out, okay, how do we get into people's homes mm-hmm. and help them because they can't leave their home? Mm-hmm. And uh, so my husband is an incredible Bible teacher. I'm just so grateful to get to do life with him. But he just was like, I'm going to take them through Thessalonians and we're just going to mm-hmm. do this every day. And we're going to, mm-hmm. you know, so we strangely did not shrink as a church. Mm-hmm. We actually grew. Amazing. Amazing. And then, um, so yeah. And then we got to relaunch again. And here's the best thing. This is probably, you know, the moments when you're like, why here, God? Why now? Are you sure you still want me to be here? Are you sure we're supposed to do Mm -hmm. what we're doing? You know, just whatever (laughs) the situation is. Are you sure? Are we still supposed to do this? Mm -hmm. We looked and looked and looked for a place to meet for Easter. And no one would let us meet anywhere. Like we asked 40 venues and they all said no. 40. All of them. (laughs) 40. And then on our like 41st or 42nd try, we went to the National Parks uh, Service to see if we could get a parking lot or like a field or something. Uh And they said, no, you can't. But there's one venue that's available that you can use. And we're like, okay, well, what is it? And they said, the National Mall. Wow. So our biggest thing ever was on the National Mall on Easter 2021. And yeah, you've got to see pictures. I'll send them to you guys. It's epic. Amazing. It's epic. And it's the Lord saying, no, I really want you to be here. All that shouldn't be surprising at all. The church has been a bright spot for us. Mm. We love our church. I mean, even if we were just visiting or even if we had just moved here, we would choose to go to this church because we love it. The people are amazing. And it truly is awesome because we've got people from all different backgrounds coming together. And people that do not agree with each other, but Mm -hmm. they put their stuff down at the door and they serve people and they serve their God. And it's just 
beautiful and we love it so much. Beautiful. So. That will preach, girl, right there. And uh, look at the perseverance. 40 tries. Oh, man, my gosh. That is, that's speaking to me. Come oh, on. Man. Come on, people. <laughs> God works in 40, doesn't he? He likes 41. 40. I don't 42. know what it is. 40, 41, 42. To get to the National Mall. To the National Mall. That's epic. It's mm. crazy. It is just crazy. So, but God is good and I'm grateful. You're a boy mom too, right? I have one boy. I have two girls. Oh, I so messed that up. <laughs> Jesus made me a mama with a little girl and he knew exactly what he was doing. <laughs> so I have uh, Hannah who is 10. So Jack is 10. Uh, yeah. That you just said. He just turned 10. Hannah Hannah turned 10. Arranged marriage, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm hey, seeing hey. this in the stars. We'll have to take a trip to Oklahoma. Um, <laughs> And then Sparrow is my middle. She mm. is turning nine next week. Mm. So you did have them back to back. I did. It was like bang, bang, bang. Wow. You yeah. have kids. <laughs> so. And then Owen is our boy. And he is just adorable. I love that guy. He is, you know, Ben and I joke, we could have probably written a parenting book until we had our son. <laughs> and then we were like, nope, we don't know. We, we don't, don't know anything. We don't know anything. <laughs> I feel boys like that are all the time. Girls. Boys are very different. <laughs> so, Okay, so Donna, you also didn't mention that you're like such a creative, like singer, songwriter, all this creativity flows through you. Mm-hmm. When did that start? Yeah. Like, have you always been creative? <laughs> well, um, yeah, I guess I kind of have always been a creator. Whenever I was nine years old, um, well, let's go back. <laughs> when I was four years old, I was invited to go do a, like, try out for a travel troupe like what's it called um the little rascals and my wow. mom was like oh I know it was good four years old so she takes me she's like all right you're gonna sing doe a deer and I'm like okay great anyway so I'm watching all these kids go and and they're all dancing all of them they're all tapping or doing some modern dance or mostly tap and ballet and all that and my little four-year-old heart was like oh no nobody's singing Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, what is going to happen? Anyway, so they call my name and I get up there and uh, he said, hi, what's your name? And I said, Donna. He goes, okay, are you going to sing or are you going to dance? And I just go, I'm going to (laughs) dance. What? (laughs) And he goes, okay, what are you going to dance to? And I said, beat it. And so he's like, okay. So I walk out in the middle of the floor and I put my head down. My mom's like excited to see, okay, she's going to sing, you know? And, uh, I put my head down and I had my glove on because I was four in the eighties and, uh, and you hear this, and then I don't know how to dance. So I just fell to the ground and started running my feet around in circles. I'm break dancing. Here we are. This is great. I'm, I'm different than them. They didn't break dance. Of course I wasn't break dancing either, but, um, <laughs> but that you was thought my you mom. were, and that's what's important. Uh, exactly. So, so you I did not get a call back to be a little no, rascal. <laughs> they did not call me back. I have yet to be in any play like that. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I that was when I was four. When I was nine, the Lord actually grabbed my heart for him. After my parents had divorced, I went to a camp that I was invited to by my aunt, who I was actually named after. And she was amazing. She was artistic. She was an athlete. She was a piano player, a singer, and a great cook. And so she was all things art. And I just looked up to her so much. Mm-hmm. Still do. She's amazing. And it was a moment in the tabernacle outside where there was a guy who had come to do like a chalk talk. And what he did was he was kind of telling the story of, of the gospel, um, but he had pre-drawn some things uh, that when you turn a black light on it, it shows up. 
Oh, and cool. so it like had me and, and it was, you know, I might've been scared into the kingdom uh, because it was a little scary, but at the <laughs> same time, it was one of those moments where I was like, no, I want Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so, but the way that God did it was by taking this creative person and her kindness mm-hmm. uh, and also this really creative guy telling the story um, for me to want to know more about him and to walk with him. So, and then, yeah, I, over time, I was 15 playing softball and I'd been invited after multiple moves. Um, I had been invited to go to like a disciple now or something. Yeah. And so we're sitting there and I hadn't like been walking with God really. I, I became a believer when I was nine, but I didn't really have any discipleship or anything like that. Yeah. And I was banging on my legs during the, uh, the worship and the guy who was leading worship after he was done came down. He goes, do you play drums? And I said, no, I play softball. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, well, do you want to play drums? And I was like, no, I don't. And he's like, well, well, come here. And I'm like, okay. Could he just tell like you could stay with the beat? Yeah, he could tell. Anyway, so he teaches me how to play like certain things on this drum pad that allowed you to choose snare, kick, hi-hat, all these different things. Mm-hmm. And he gave me a rhythm and then I did the rhythm. And he's like, okay, we need a drummer. The Christmas cantata is coming up and I don't have a drummer and and I need a drummer. And I'm like, well, I don't know what to tell you, brother. And he's just like, no, please, where do you live? And I was like, I actually live like right there by the church. He says, see, what are you doing at this time? I was like, nothing. He goes, well, then you need to be here. And I'm like, okay, fine. So I start playing drums and I had to be at the practices. I had to be there on Wednesday nights. I had to go through two times to hear the talk every Sunday. And that is how God grabbed me. And that's how I started a relationship with Jesus was because I was a poser on the drums. (laughs) 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 Um, But yeah, so I would say I, I definitely have a creative heart. And God knows that. I think he has fun with it. I think he's funny. (laughs) And uh, he has definitely romanced my heart Mm -hmm. through music and through pictures and through story and through paintings and all sorts of things. And so, yeah, I would Mm -hmm. say, I would say so. That is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Those artistic things is what, I mean, it reaches so many of us. So I just love God's creativity through his people. It's Mm -hmm. cool to see. I love it. I just love how God is so creative that he doesn't choose to put everybody with the same gifts. He gives them all different gifts. And I think the most creative person I know is my accountant because I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I need her to do it. <laughs> like yeah. I will bake you cookies if you keep doing the gift that you've been given because yes. you're you're making things happen for us. And we're yeah. so grateful for the way that God has made her. So it's encouraging. Well, Amy mentioned that you had released this fun little audio book that's great for children and adults called Growing. It's written from the first person perspective of a tree and just on kind of those various seasons and stages of life. So if it's okay with you to kind of steal your content, sure, we'd like to use that as the backbone for this conversation. Mm -hmm. I love it. So all these different seasons, the seed, the root, the rise, the sprout, the stand, the release, and the return. And it's beautiful. We're going to link this up just so anyone can go and listen and they'll know what we're talking about. You might even pause this episode if you want to go listen. Mm-hmm. And then I think it might make it even more rich. Mm-hmm. So, oh, well. mm-hmm. cool. so every season has a little hard, a little holy, usually a mix of both. Which of these seasons have been instrumental in your growing as a person and just as a believer? Oh, boy. Well, definitely each of them have <laughs> all of the above, <laughs> all of the above. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just looking at it from a 
almost like an outline perspective. Yeah. You know, there are seven of them. Mm-hmm. And if you were to see how how I wrote them in the sense of like the years that it took to write them. Mm -hmm. Um, If you break it down to the first three, I wrote all in one summer. So boom, boom, boom. And those are all the beneath time. Mm -hmm. All the beneath the surface. Yeah. Yeah, You talk about darkness is essential. Yes. Yes. So it's this beneath the ground. um, Nobody sees it except the one who put it there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. And then there's one called the sprout. And Sprout is right in the middle. And it took me a year to write that one. Mm. And I think that was purposed um, because strangely, I feel like the Lord was good in making me have to live it real time, Mm -hmm. like learn it real time before I write it. Because honestly, my writing is an expression of worship. And it's not always once I've arrived to what God wants to say, mm-hmm. but it's it's a it's it's like the process. It's the process, mm-hmm. which is so great. Like the word growing anyway, it's um present progressive. Mm-hmm. Like that word is present progressive. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like it's supposed to move. There isn't an end. It just keeps going. Um, it progresses. Yeah. So then the sprout happens. And then the next thing, uh, the next little section I also wrote, it took me a summer. So I wrote all three, the stand, the release and the return all hmm. in 2018. Hmm. So I wrote 2016 was the seed, the root, the rise. 2017 was the sprout. And then 2018 was the last three. And I'll be honest, this is the longest project I've ever worked on in my entire Mm. life. It's so long. And then what's crazy is as soon as I was done, God was like, okay. And he just put it on the shelf. Mm. (laughs) And it's like, okay, okay. But it's so rich and people Mm -hmm. can go listen to it. It'll take them like 16 minutes, which is amazing. So all this wisdom and all this depth and richness, Mm -hmm. and I need to go back and listen like multiple times to really soak it in. But It's wow. awesome. So I would say I probably relate the most to two of them, probably the sprout and the release. Those are okay. my, those are mine, mm-hmm. the sprout and the release. Okay. The other ones I feel like, um, uh, I don't know, like seasons happen in, in cycles. Just like you've lived through, I've lived through 43 summers. Mm-hmm. I've lived through 43 winters, mm-hmm. you know, so summer has ways that it looks and things that you do that are similar to the things you did last summer, you know? Mm-hmm. And so if you think in terms of every season has a beginning and an end, every season prepares you for the next season. And then yeah. every season seasons you makes you more mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. And um, the goal is what you've learned seasons ago in that season will benefit not only the people around you, but also your heart, your own self. When you walk through it again, you're like, wait a second. I remember last time we were here. Mm -hmm. I know what I'm not going to (laughs) do. So, or I know what was the best thing that I did, or, you know, that is what growing is for. It's meant for the believer in Jesus, the planter, you know, spoiler, the planter is Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) uh, And he's also the anchor. Uh. Uh, So I love analogy. I love picture. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's what this is. That got me, Donna. The second season, The Root, mm-hmm. um, you talking about that you're anchoring me. I mean, mm-hmm. that got me mm-hmm. for sure. That's cool. It was so good. That's cool. So the seed buried in darkness, the root being anchored, the rise of so good talking about I've been safe down here in this hole in this darkness, like, uh-huh. you know, just scared of what's in the light. Right. Right. Well, the rise is interesting because he said or the seed says, uh, 
I've heard storms pounding. Mm-hmm. Like I've heard what it's like up there, but mm-hmm. I haven't seen it, mm-hmm. but I've heard it. I'm a little nervous. Yeah. But I love that that's when the planter actually lets us hear his voice. He actually speaks. So it's funny reading these aloud when I was writing them. The people who would hear me read the rise, as soon as I would quote the planter, they would start crying. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, and they're like, no, 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 that's what I need to hear. And I'm like, yeah, because oh, that's like what I need to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good cry because that's what I need to hear is I'm not alone. Yeah. I think that's what was so moving to me is that hearing your voice reading these, I knew they were rich analogies of what you've experienced, what the planter has taught you. Mm -hmm. And I also knew that they were broad for all of God's people. And so I was able to receive them as revelation into my heart of God's work in me from past seasons to the now moment of growing. And um, I think that was why it was so powerfully moving. And to hear you say, Donna, that these weren't just you sat down and, you know, in a couple of months had all this whole work finished, but it was, you know, years mm. in process. And even having such a, you know, brief poem like The Sprout be a year of process just because these are, like you said, an expression of worship and an expression of abiding and, and meditating on the work of God in your life. And so, yes, the, the texture of this work is so rich. And mm-hmm. and so I know we definitely want to hear more about the sprout because that one was significant and it took you a year. And so what was it about that work and that writing that season yeah. that made it so powerful? Well, the sprout is interesting because it's whenever, like you have so much excitement that you're now you're above the ground and look, and we're doing it. Um, <laughs> and I think what's interesting about the sprout is you see other people around you that maybe do exactly what you do. (laughs) And they may do it better, actually. Mm -hmm. And uh, what are you going to do when that little greenness, like you're green because you're, you're new, but you might be green because you're envious. Like, what do you do with that Mm -hmm. that you've never really had to experience before? Mm -hmm. And how do you get through that? Or how do you do when you're comparing yourself to others and, It's tough. It can really, really mess you over. It can really take your mind off of the most important thing. And that is uh, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind and soul and love your neighbor as yourself because you're so consumed with maybe what others think of you now that you're being compared. Because if you're comparing you, you, I guess they're comparing me too. you know, like it's just it's this really hard spot to be in. And now it's magnified, right, with social media? Oh, gosh. You talk about the grove. I look up and I see all these other seeds or these sprouts around me. And they're unique, or I'm unique, but they're unique too. So Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting. You know, we can't make us grow. Like, it doesn't work. Like, we don't grow us. Uh, He grows us, you know, and he grows us the way he wants. There are some early bloomers, some late bloomers. And for me, I think that this is the, I don't know if y'all noticed this in growing, but the word love doesn't even come up until now, Mm. um, until sprout. Mm. And I think, uh, and I even was like, well, God, why didn't it come up until now? (laughs) Why didn't we, why didn't we write about this until now? Mm. Um, And I think it's because, you know, just like Hebrew poetry, 
Um, you can't see my hands, but uh, <laughs> so imagine the beginning and the end, and then the middle is actually the point. Yeah. So on a, on a Hebrew poem, uh, if you go towards the middle, uh, that's the point of the uh, whole What's that scene. called? Like a chiasm or something? Yes. Mm, mm, that's it. A chiasm. Well done. <laughs> something I've learned this year. It's yeah. very interesting. Come on. See, you're growing in your knowledge. I'm growing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the point, I think, of growing is... The season of the sprout, mm. strangely, because what it is, is it's where love is the center. Mm. And um, go with me here. God gave me, I feel like this like 40 minutes ago. So we'll see if this is oh, I'm excited. the best place to go. But mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So we all know the scripture for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life in John three sixteen. I love that he so loved it because I that's how I talk and that's how we talk to each other. Oh, yeah. I so love this. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, I think <laughs> that's so great or so. I mean, how many how many times do you write so in a sentence? Yeah. I mean, truly, we do, we use it all the time. And that's God so good. Used it. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, so love. So true. It's so true. Right. So God so loved the world. And then the end, I just saw this on the sprout. He so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And then the end of the sprout says, so love is what I'll do. Mm. And it's just like, that's it. That's Mm. the middle of all of it. Love. Mm -hmm. And it's not love people. It really Mm. isn't. It's love him. And then as you love him, you will love people. Mm As you love the one who planted you, as you love the one who made you, as you love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. That is when it says, my joy will be in you and it will be complete. Mm-hmm. Isn't that awesome? awesome? That's so cool. See, it's so cool. Um, <laughs> and so th- I think that that was huge for me. It wasn't so much trying to do, trying to love. It was resting in the love that I already had because the problem with the sprout is you don't feel invited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You feel like you have to make your way. Mm-hmm. And that's not true. Mm-hmm. You don't. Now, I don't know if I'm going to get this fully right, but I had written this down that in the sprout. It said, so I will practice what I've learned. I will wait. I will trust. I think there was some other stuff in there. And then it said, I will stretch my roots down deep. And then it also talked about cheering on others yes. in the waiting. Totally. That's powerful. Mm-hmm. Well, because the antidote to comparison is celebration. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can celebrate the people who are doing the things that you're doing alongside you, if you can celebrate them, then that comparison bug will go away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and don't flatter because nobody wants to be flattered, mm-hmm. but encourage them and tell them, wow, thank you for that. And gratitude, gratitude uh, is also an antidote to grumbling, you know, like just yeah. gratitude. And what does it say in the scriptures? It says, um, treat everybody as greater than yourself. It doesn't mean you're not good. Mm. And it doesn't mean that they're better. Mm-hmm. It just means, you know, be quick to love. And 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 honestly, that is not possible to do if you're not secure in the love that is steadfast. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Mm-hmm. It's there. And if you're not secure in that, then it's going to be a tough season for you if you're not secure in the the love of God. So is this something that God just did inside of you? Or do you feel like that you had a part to play in kind of that 
I guess, sanctifying work? Mm -hmm. Like, had it flush out? Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. Well, and I mean, sanctification is not entirely God. It's also you. Like, it's it's a twofold thing. Um, So, yes, God did it in me. But he's also, and we're going to do this. Mm -hmm. uh, Because it really is the fortifying that, you know, the sprout is green. But then it starts to get, if you see the picture, it starts to get like a woody outside and it's starting to get a core. It's getting stronger. It's because it's resting in the love of the father. It's Mm -hmm. resting in the love of the planter. And it's doing through that love, not through their own, its own ability. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. When Jesus taught the parable of the sower in Matthew 13, I think about the analogy of the seed and the growth and when it becomes the sprout. And because to me, that's in the seasons of life, when you step out in faith and you begin to do something that God's asked you to do, to kind of do the good work or the calling or something that he's told you to do, and you're in the beginning stages of that, um, like you said, you do kind of look around and see what's already been taking place and people are in paths further along. Mm -hmm. And so their growth may be greater. But in these Matthew uh, 13 parable, the seed that bears the fruit, of course, is the one on the good soil. Um, So the seed falling among the thorns is someone who would hear the word. So there's seed planted in you. But as it grows, the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth are choking it. And that makes me think of what you said with the comparison and the, the jealousy. And those are the worries to me that... We look around and go, oh, no, did you really call me to this? And the growth comes when you do what you said, like, Donna, the resting in God and keep abiding in him. Keep uh, your soil fertile and um, you have to really throw off the thorns and and keep your eyes on Jesus and not, you know, and do like you said, celebrate because, you know, if not, then we won't have the growth that the sprout needs to have to keep going in those things. Fear will hold you back. Jealousy will hold you back. All these worries can choke out the work that God is is trying to grow in us. So when you said like you related to this because there was something in your life that you saw the comparison and the potential for jealousy and all that, mm-hmm. um, was it the celebration? Like what did you actually do to push through into that good soil and continued growth? Yeah. Um, well, first, the word says in James five seventeen, it says, confess your sins one to another and pray for each other and you will be healed. So I told somebody, hey, guess what? I have this icky thing in me that I don't want anymore. And I really want to progress and I want to celebrate and I want to do all these things, but I need to make this known. Good for you. And so I told some people, I told more than one person. And that's what I do with all my sins. <laughs> so, uh, because I don't want to stay yeah. and growing is really just walking out restoration. Mm. So I don't want to stay in the, in the yuck. I want to move forward. And so, um, uh, yeah, I just told the people I needed to tell. And then I said, okay, Lord, let's go, let's move That's on. <laughs> please, <laughs> please let's go forward. And he did, he, he moved me forward and it was really tough because I had to be okay that his way for me is his way, mm-hmm. not my way. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea that even this was going to happen. You know, like the fact that we're having a podcast talking about these, these moments that happened. You know, yeah. I will say, going back to what Jen had said, you know, 
and I will practice what I've learned. I will wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will trust. I will rely on just how tall I am beneath this dust. Mm-hmm. I'll sink my roots down deeper still. And as I do, I will be filled with what I need to grow a leaf or two and then some more. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, so, so once you confess your sins and once you step into restoration, you can't restore yourself. You have to wait. <laughs> and so yeah. the mm-hmm. whole thing of growing is excel at the revealed. And you excel at the revealed by you love the Lord your God and you read his word because it is true and it is the love letter written for you. And you wait on God to move you forward. And then he did. He moved me past the sprout. Thank you, Jesus. He will probably bring me back to the sprout one day, (laughs) you know, since we're saying that these, you know, seasons keep repeating themselves. But I believe the next time I get to the sprout position again, I will be better. Yeah. And I will be able to do it with a little more ease. Well, it's interesting that you talked about like, well, they're already doing that. And I think we've all felt that like it's already been written. It's already been sung. It's already been said like it's already been done before. Mm -hmm. You know, how can I add value to this? But the truth is that God designed us to add value at this unique time in history in which he's planted us for his purpose. And I also love how you talked about the confession and the waiting and just the reminder to me that that is a part of healing. That Mm -hmm. is a part of the restoration plan. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it feels like a waste. Like Mm -hmm. I'm just waiting. Nothing's happening. And it's not. Oh, waiting is where it happens. Mm. So, I mean, lamentations, don't you just love it? Lamentations. Let me (laughs) read some things from lamentations because they're so good. Um, The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man to, this is huge. It is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. Let him sit alone in silence when it is laid on him. Let him put his mouth in the dust. Perhaps there is hope. Mm. I mean, mm. that is not an easy scripture. Waiting is so hard, Donna. Good. It's so hard. You know what's so crazy? Like when Moses took out that guy yeah and then had to go to the exile yeah he was exiled yep. he was 40, 40 years he's yeah. 40 years old and then he was exiled for 40, 40, years. 40 years and then he was 80 when he led the people and then they went back into the desert for 40 more years and so it's just like 40 there it is 40 <laughs> god told samuel to anoint david and david was anointed king and then he was not king. In fact, he got spears thrown at him and he hid in caves and all these things. But it was the waiting that built him. It was uh-huh. the waiting that formed him. That'll preach. Mm-hmm. Even Paul, even Paul, I was reading this morning about the 40 that Stephen so eloquently said to the people right before they stoned him. Mm-hmm. He was he gave the best sermon. Oh, my gosh, such mm-hmm. a good one. And then it said that they laid their cloaks at the feet of a young man named Saul. And we know who Saul was. Paul. But even Paul, like, was blind. He was truly in darkness Mm -hmm. for three days. (laughs) Like, he he was blind, and then he went for three years, you know, to just wait before going, before going out. So the waiting is key. That's so good, because it can often feel unproductive and useless. Totally. And it's just so uh, frustrating at times. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, and truth is, Jen, I got to be honest. I, over the last three years, I've walked through another restoration. So I've walked through a restoration when I was young uh, in college. And it was, you know, there's two types of trials. The stand is all about trials. But 
there's two types of trials. There's the trials that just happen to you. Mm -hmm. You've got no control. It's not your fault, but it is your problem. Yeah. That is one trial. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then there's the trials that you make happen. Yeah. Like you sinned. Mm -hmm. You fell short. You missed the mark. Yeah. And then you have to deal with those trials too. But it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, mm -hmm. when you face trials of many kinds. It doesn't mm -hmm. tell you the trials that you didn't have anything to do with or the trials mm -hmm. that, you know, it doesn't specify. Because mm -hmm. uh, it produces what? It produces character. It produces right. hope. It produces perseverance. so much in you. But almost always when the trial happens, you have to wait mm -hmm. until God gets you out of it mm -hmm. or grows you through it mm -hmm. or definitely grows you through it. So it's just, yeah, it's yeah. life. The growth is slow. Just uh, That's why the analogy of the tree is so great because it is. it is a slow process. You can't see it if you just stare at it all day long. Right. <laughs> right. But God is working. It's so, you know, these poems and these your story, it's an encouragement um, to see the planter and to acknowledge the worker, the grower uh, behind the scenes of our lives. Mm -hmm. And I think the release is hard sometimes because you watch other people bearing fruit. You see fruit fall. And it's, you know, I found out later in life, just studying the, the trees that a tree doesn't bear fruit until 40 years. It's an oak tree. An oak tree, it takes 40 years for it to have acorns. Wow. Isn't that wow. crazy? Mm -hmm. I know. 40. Like 40. There it is again. And uh, all these 29-year-old mamas are like, no. <laughs> uh, no, there is fruit. There's fruit before. But what I love about the release is it's the pruning, the pruning time. Yeah. And God prunes those who have borne fruit. Like it's because you bore fruit that you're being pruned. Mm -hmm. And so you can produce more fruit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that you will produce more fruit. And it's not that God is being mean to you to take things mm -hmm. away. He is precisely and uh, lovingly cutting away things that just aren't part of his plan for the future. Now, maybe it was part of his plan for the past, but it may not be part of his plan for the future. And that, I think, is tough because you... There's shame that we try to attach to it that, oh, if, you know, that thing stopped happening or that good thing I had is no longer there, that's my fault. Well, maybe no. Maybe it's just time for that season to change. Maybe it's time for God to take that loving scalpel and cut that off. Mm -hmm. And you walk forward and, and then that place where you were cut will bear more fruit. Um, that's so good. And, and I think that that's a big part. That, that's the other season that I'm, you know, the sprout and the release are my two. And then honestly, Amy, I peered into the future with hope. And all the people that I've read, I love Elizabeth Elliot. I love, you know, my mentors. I love uh, the different people, Corey Ten Boom and uh, Henry Nowen and all these different mm -hmm. people. I just, gosh, they're just amazing. And I was like, okay. If they were trees, they would sound like this. <laughs> and so the, the return, uh, the return of all my, uh, the authors that are no longer, or uh, they've already been translated to glory. Mm -hmm. uh, I just wanted to make that season so grateful. And that for the things that she's saying as the tree's going out, because she's no, she knows like a snag is, is a tree that literally falls back down to the ground. And, um, I hide the sword a bit. I don't know. I, this, so again, back to the poetry of it all. Um, if you notice in the seed, it says, 
And somehow I feel nourished in my soul. Mm -hmm. I expand those still underground. I do understand this is all planned. Mm -hmm. So that's the seed. And then if you get to the return, it says, so I sink and I nourish Mm -hmm. as the sun warms the ground. And it's just this. It's the ones who've gone before you that nourish you, mm-hmm. uh, that, that mm-hmm. pour back into the next generation. So this, even the bird in there is comes out of Psalm 84. I named my daughter after it. It says, it's even there. the sparrow makes her nest in the house of the Lord. Mm-hmm. It says it makes a place for her young there. And so it was this legacy that I wanted that season to be. So the return is the legacy. Yeah. Uh, what are you leaving? And I hope that you awaken hope as the darkness is around, you know, like, it's just this, I just want hope to be a part of your story. And so Mm -hmm. if I'm going to give you anything, it's that the planter died for you and he had to, so that you could live. Mm -hmm. And so, so that was where the return kind of came in. So I cry every time I listen to it. It's so funny because I don't feel like I wrote it. I feel like I just received it and wrote it down. Oh, you know, I love so, it. Yeah. I do love that when the Holy Spirit does such beautiful work in us that we just see him. Yeah. Which exactly. is how we want it to be. Oh, it's so good, isn't it? Yeah. Ministry. So we were in San Francisco last year and we went to Muir Woods and got to see the giant redwoods. And so, of course, we're all just walking around and our mouths are gaping open. And it is amazing to think, as we all know, but when you really think about it, that they all started as just a little seed. Oh, yeah. It's Mm -hmm. incredible because they're towers. I love it. You know, I love it because... Like, I love story. Mm-hmm. I love characters and stories. I love, like, I have all my favorites, you know, and there's for different reasons. But Ben, my husband, is reading through, we, we read through a series with our children at night mm-hmm. so that they can just have us reading. Anyway, so Ooh, he's... I want to hear, I want to hear your favorites. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, I have, I have a few, so I can relate to multiple characters. But the latest one has been um, Treebeard. Do you know Treebeard? He's in the Lord of the Rings. Oh, we haven't yeah. done Lord of the Rings yet. Oh. We've done Narnia, but we haven't done Lord Narnia of the Rings. Narnia is amazing. My favorite in Narnia is Edmund. Yeah. He is my favorite because he was a total knucklehead, just like me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then God rescued him and put him back in. Mm-hmm. And he is my favorite. Um, but Treebeard, what I love is he's an int. And an int is the oldest thing ever. That's he's right. He's the oldest thing. And he's wise and he's... He's slow with everything he does. He's Mm -hmm. just, everything's very slow, but it's all so passionate (laughs) and so powerful. And he loves the hobbits and he has a twinkle in his eye and all of this. And I'm like, I want to be tree beard. (laughs) You know, like I want to be like that. I want to be, I want to be somebody who, when it comes time to wreck shop against the darkness, I'm going to kick tail and Mm -hmm. it's, and and (laughs) take names, you know, and and (laughs) save the day. That's what he does. And he is the one who everybody knows. Okay. We're in the presence of someone who's been around Mm-hmm. the block a few times, mm-hmm. you know, and I just appreciate that so much in him. Yeah. And there is a wisdom that can only come with age. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Or experience. So age sure. meaning you, you grew up a lot yeah. during that season. Yeah. So, cause I know a lot of old souls who are very young. Very true. And I just go, oh man, God gave you Mm-hmm. a fast track to wisdom. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I pray for wisdom mm-hmm. every day because I don't yeah. feel wise and I want to be. And you can be old and a fool, really. So oh, it's, gosh. Don't, <laughs> don't you know it? Yeah. It's, it's all about I mean, really leaning into that growth and understanding and just paying attention. Totally. Totally. For totally forgot about Treebeard. That's taking me back a lot of years and uh, good memories on those books. Uh, Donna, 
earlier in the podcast, you said God has romanced your heart. I think that's such a beautiful phrase. Mm-hmm. Um, th- I think that's what growing does. And I think that this expression that he gave you in writing, that you're allowing him to romance our hearts with these expressions of these seasons. And um, it's encouraging. It is wisdom. It is perspective. It does give hope. So life-giving. So I, I just thank you for that. I'm so grateful. Yeah. I'm so grateful. I, the fact that I can even say that is just because the Lord is so good. Mm-hmm. Would you tell us a little about some resources that our listeners would love to uh, know about? Yes, I am a huge uh, fan of books. So mm-hmm. I have tried to keep my stack small. I'm even going to show the ladies. You can't see it because you're listening. But but we can see it. You can see it. This is my favorite morning devotional it goes it's like a 365 days devotional okay it's called you it are the beloved by henry nowen hmm. and it is oh, yeah he's good. amazing i give this as gifts because it is one of those just so good for your heart to know hmm. and to to know that you are loved that at the bottom line hmm. you're loved in Christ. And what a great idea to give books as gifts, you know? Totally. I think sometimes I'm like, oh, but will they like it or will they not? But if it's one of your favorites, that's oh. so great. Well, and this is a compilation of all of his, a lot of his works. Mm-hmm. And so I could tell you all of the works that I love of his, but it's like a Cliff's Notes of Henry Nowen. <laughs> it's very nice. Oh, come on. It's good. Um, okay. So with that being said, have you guys heard of Dane Ortland's uh, Gentle and Lowly? Yes, but I haven't read it. Oh, Gentle and Lowly is where it's at. But I would take it a step deeper. This one's called Deeper. Oh, Deeper. Uh, okay. So Deeper resonates with growing. So I love it because growing is all about going deeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this isn't as you know popular as Gentle and Lowly. Gentle and Lowly is amazing. It's so helpful. And then this one, Deeper by Dane Ortland. So good. Okay. Uh, I have a beloved husband who just wrote a book mm-hmm. called Rest in War. Yeah. Such very, a good title. Very, thank you. We worked hard on that title. Yeah. I actually, can you give us <laughs> you a know. little synopsis about what it's about? Oh, yeah, I can. Uh, this book is a field guide to struggling well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is, you know, the, the new atmosphere has changed and a lot of people don't know how to do life because they just feel like all they are are their failures. Yeah. And um, this is a book to say, you know, the fact that you are struggling actually means that you're alive. Mm. The fact that you are fighting actually means that there's someone who's fought for you and has won. Mm-hmm. And so let me help you by giving you some tactical holiness. Wow. Uh, to, uh, I love that. So good. Fight back the dark, but also to rest because God actually Actually, he wanted the uh, people in the garden, Adam and Eve, to rest before they worked. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. uh, it's it's kind of from a place of rest, then you war against the dark. And so it's amazing. I'm proud of him. You know, we cut 65,000 words out of this book. Oh, oh, that wow. had to have been painful. It's oh, painful. Oh, my gosh. I love it because he's just, I love him. He's so good. Uh, well, now I'm intrigued because yeah. I feel like rest and war are like opposites. Yes. Yes. Oxymoron, but no, because... Be still and know, and what's the verse? Not by power, by might, but by your spirit. Yes, so, absolutely. Donna, you said, my husband spoke him, him, him. We're talking about Ben Stewart, by the way, yes. uh, listeners. Ben <laughs> For those that are like, who is him? Who is, the, who is Donna's who is husband? Mm-hmm. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, Ben Stewart. 
he's a good man. And I tell you what, I am so grateful. Can I tell you something that happened today? <laughs> yeah. Of, you know, I write this book growing and you would think, oh, Donna probably has a green thumb. Um, well, <laughs> I am trying <laughs> to have a green thumb. And here's the thing. We got this house. This is a miracle house. Maybe on another time, on another day, I will talk about it. But uh, I inherited a 30-year-old cactus Yay. that is gigantic, like amazing. It's uh, it's a candelabra cactus, and it's just awesome. In D.C., a cactus. I know. It lived in the house for 18 years. Uh, the house was vacant. Still another story. We'll tell it another day. But uh, slowly and unintentionally, I killed it. <laughs> so, it, yes. It, I mean, over the course of like three years or two years since we've been here. Anyway, so literally yesterday I had to... <laughs> finish putting it in the trash because I just destroyed it. And I got to tell you, ladies, I was feeling so much shame over this <laughs> that I killed this magnanimous 30-year-old year old lived in a house without anybody thing. And then once somebody moves in. Anyway, so I, I, I was carrying a lot of shame. And this morning, um, Ben knew I'm a little nervous about this podcast. And he knew that I had been sad about the cactus. And he walks in with this huge cactus that he bought me for Valentine's Day. Oh my. And he shows <laughs> me, I mean, I'm like still in my robe. I had just fixed the kids' lunches and they're all standing around. And he walks in and he just kind of, it's just there in the box still. And I'm looking at it and my face was like shocked. And like, I start crying. <laughs> and the kids were like, what'd you do to dad? And then, you know, it just was like ah. one of those. And then I just gave him the biggest hug and told him I love him. And the kids were just like, is mom okay? What's going on? And I just, you know, I hug him and I kiss him. And then Hannah goes, they love each other. Mm. And I'm like, yes, we do. <laughs> we love each other. But of course, like he knew exactly what was going to put me on the right path for this uh, new day. You know, I feel like I am above the ground now and in this brought position again. And here Yay. we are. And he's like, hey, happy Happy podcast. Can't wait to talk to you about it later. Because he knows it's been a long time. Aww. This this has been sitting here for a while. <laughs> I also want to Google how old or how long a cactus normally or cacti normally lives. Cacti. I don't know. It's an African time. milk tree. And they can live like a long time. Unless you don't water them because you're afraid <laughs> that you watered it too much. Too much. And then oh. you kill it. Yeah. I'm learning how to not be a zero or an 11. I'm trying to stay right at maybe eight. <laughs> right there. Uh, so great. That's so good. So great. But you do have quite a bit of your own stuff as well, I like do. songs, especially. Can you maybe give just a few little mentions sure. for us? Yes. I know you're humble, but come on, <laughs> give it to us. I, um, I love writing songs for women to sing in worship. Awesome. I think that there's a special heart in the female heart because we were created in the image of our king with his more nurturing side. And sometimes we really struggle with with shame and if we mess up. Uh, so a lot of my ministry actually is about restoration. Mm -hmm. And so I have a song that I wrote called Help Me Believe. And the, the opening of it is all that I've done and all that's been done to me drove nails through your hands hard and fast to the tree. Mm -hmm. And the lies that I lived and the shame in my story you covered with blood for your name and your glory. And then it just kind of goes into Jesus, help me believe. <laughs> like, help me receive this. Help me believe that you cleaned me and all that. Mm -hmm. And then I have a song called Daughter of the King. 
that is all about when God came in Ezekiel and saw us lying in our muck and he adopted us, cleaned us, put a dress on us, put a ring Mm -hmm. on us, called us his, Mm -hmm. made us his queen. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's Mm -hmm. just singing, I'm a daughter of the king. You know, it's just kind of bringing you back to the reality of not just who God is, but how he is and not just who you are, but whose you are. Yeah. And uh, so I just, I love it. It's fun. And it's fun to see the walls come down when I'm on stage and I watch the people sing it and you're like, oh, there we are. Oh, you are a daughter. Here we go. You're singing from your daughtership. This is good. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, I mean, restoration is kind of my my thing uh, that I want people to restore. I want them to walk in new life. I want them to stop doing whatever it is that God came to destroy uh, and stop mm-hmm. practicing it and do what he loves, which is rest in his love and walk out in that love. And so I just, uh, I just wrote a song and I just let it for the first time on Sunday Yay. and it's called Restore Me. And it says, take me to the place where faith and wisdom meet. Jesus, help me believe you are here because mm-hmm. I know that there is hope when I wait upon you, Lord. So help me wait on you, Lord, without fear. Father, it's so hard to be still. Holy Spirit, invade and heal and restore me. Restore me to the joy of our salvation for the glory of your name. Restore me. I surrender to you, Jesus. Do whatever it takes to restore me. And then it gets to the bridge, which is my favorite part because it gets really loud. Hmm. And it says, um, by your word, you spoke light into darkness. Mm-hmm. And by your power, you shattered all my shame. By your kindness, you lead me to repentance. And by your mercy, you greet me every day mm-hmm. and restore me. So I just, uh, I, I hope to be able to record that someday because that's mm-hmm. kind of my new anthem. So. So you've written it, but you haven't recorded it yet. I have not recorded it yet. I have had oh, people say sad. like officially, not officially, not yet. No, uh, mm-hmm. but we can find the lyrics somewhere because um, I, yeah, I need those lyrics. <laughs> I, I can make that available to you, but they're not out there. It's it's new, so so awesome. Uh, which is fun to have new things. Uh, you know, sometimes whenever fruit doesn't fall or it seems it doesn't fall. You're like, mm, maybe I won't keep creating, but that's not what God wants you to do. He wants you to keep creating and he will, in his good time, drop the fruit that he wants mm-hmm. for you to well, give to people. I just want to go ahead and say that I think you are an orchard of fruit mm-hmm. yes. and it's such a beautiful thing to see what God's done in you throughout the years. And now that we get to reap some of the benefits of that mm-hmm. and yes. that you're just overflowing with that and we get to soak it in. So we're mm-hmm. so grateful. Oh, yeah. And as we leave and wrap up, would you just leave everyone with a final word of encouragement, just whatever it is that you really want them to hear? Yes, I would say the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases and his mercies are new every morning they're not old mercies they're today's mercies Mm. and so just rest in his love for you don't look to anybody else to give you the love that you already have and that is where a, a good tree grows in that good soil of I have been planted by the planter I have been dearly loved I've been taken deep I have a hope and a future in Him, and it's going to be good, and there's going to be lots of fruit. But it's really not about the fruit. Mm -hmm. It's about the love that you have in Him. And so rest in that love, beloved, because that is where it's at. Beautiful. Amen. 
We love you, Donna. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Wow. And love you guys. This is great. This is fun. I mean, brand new friends. I love making new friends. This is awesome. <laughs> so good. Only thing would be better is if we were in person. Totally. Together. Let's do it <laughs> next time. We'll all be together. Yeah. Let's do it. All right, friend. You can find all of the resources mentioned linked in the conversation notes. You can find other unique and powerful stories right here at the messy table. Our last episode with Tony Collier was called Broken Crayon Still Color. And of course, you can subscribe for free wherever you like to stream Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. We'd also love to connect with you on Instagram at the Messy Table Podcast. And last but certainly not least, as you head back into your day and into your week, remember yes, life is messy, but God is at work in your mess.